Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. The more your brand is successful and popular, the more the risk is big. Because why would I change? The first reaction is to say, well, we've been running this business for 50 years. Why should I change? Why should I start listening to small startups who uh, just create new ways of engaging with consumers or new platform or new social network? Or Because they have the impression that one platform or one system or one ecosystem chases the other. And I guess the risk of not moving is becoming obsolete. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofsetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. I've been thinking a lot about the innovation S-curve, where you bring a product to market, you try a bunch of things, you finally find product market fit, you start to establish a space, other folks come in because you're doing something viable, then the space becomes commoditized, and then all of a sudden you are first mover and you look around and you're like, holy crap, Like I've lost my place in the market. You're at the bottom of the S, and you got to figure out how to innovate to get back up through the S-curve. Question becomes, once you're there, are you just DOA? If you get to the bottom of the S-curve and you don't see kind of the uh, the canaries in the coal mines, are you toast? Well, I think there's a lot of inspiring stories to think otherwise. Like, look, we'll talk about things outside of our category, but essentially Disney. I think Disney is an amazing example of a company that over the last hundred year history has hit every single part of that S-curve. And during the pandemic, one of the things that they were able to execute really well was Disney+. Plus. 100%. Disney is a great example. Their route to 100 million subs during the pandemic was faster than pretty much anything, including Netflix. It is a very good point. And part of it comes from, and kind of knowing where you sit in the S-curve is, is that requires a high degree of introspection on a regular basis. So how do you balance the whole running your business day in and day out, but also making sure you've always got an eye and that that eye has a good filter for what is going to be your next either innovation, route to market, product market fit? How do you change? Because you've got pressures from lots of different things. You've got cultural pressures, you've got category pressures, you've got wackadoodle consumer behavior changes. So 
keeping an eye on it all, synthesizing it and bringing a strategic layer on top of it, frankly, that shit ain't easy. I think one of the hardest things to do is to really ask yourself, no matter what business you're participating in, what actually matters to your customer? Because the reality is probably only 20% of it really matters. What is that? The difference between hygiene and motivation, right? There's a lot of stuff you just have to do because you have to do it, like Mm -hmm. make the product. And then there's the, what's going to make it more compelling. You generally tend to pay attention to that and not appreciate the reliability until you don't have it. Like when you go to check in into a hotel and they're like, oh yeah, we're overbooked. They're like, wait, I made a reservation. That's like the most basic thing. So constantly balancing that hygiene and motivation, I think is kind of a challenging thing to do, but that's why leaders sometimes fail. Absolutely. And you brought an amazing leader into the universe on Brave Commerce who has made it his job to really push the boundaries to think about the 80% that probably is all about future growth. Yeah. Antoine is a very special person in that he is just like the Energizer Bunny. He's always going, always looking around corners, always trying to understand what's next and stay ahead, but not in the like seven years out. It's in the constant changes to really understand what's changing and what do you do about it? Well, on that note, let's bring Antoine onto the show. Today, we are happy to have Antoine Board, Global VP of E-Commerce at Danone. Antoine, thank you so much for joining us across such a big distance, this internet thing. I hear it's big. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Rachel. Super happy to be here with you today. I think our listeners are in for a heck of a treat because you have got a fascinating background and I think you're going to be appealing to so many of the different kinds of folks we have listening to the podcast today. Because if you just like look at your quote unquote traditional career route and you've been there, you've done that on the CPG front, but in parallel, you are a serial entrepreneur. So we want to kind of explore each of those sides as it relates to bravery, as it relates to commerce. Let's start with your time in CPG. 13 years of beauty experience, the past two plus years at Danone. How do you keep it fresh? I mean, I know it's like fresh yogurt and stuff, but like fresh, fresh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess we are in an industry which is a very fast moving industry. I mean, it's FMCG. It means it moves fast in every dimension. So you're right to mention that I spend a lot of time in the beauty and luxury industry, first at L'Oreal, then at Coty. And in the beauty field and luxury field, things have been moving very, very fast when it comes to digital transformation and e-com acceleration. And I guess that it forces you really to be on the on the outlook of what's happening out there, not only in terms of dynamics in the markets. And I guess when I started this e-com journey back in 2013 or 2014 at L'Oreal, China, Asia was really leading the way. But then we really got challenged by a lot of smaller brands which started to really disrupt our industry. And I guess what really kept me fresh is really to make sure that we were connected with these brands, understanding how they were connected with consumers and how they were much more consumer-centric than our brands were because our brands back in the time were really relying, I would say, on a traditional model. You just put a traditional advertisement on TV, great promotion on a retailer's shelf, and then the product just flies, you know? 
And when you don't have anything to tell to your consumers, well, you don't talk to them because there's no point in talking to them. Whereas those small digital native brands came along with an always-on spirit where they really have something to tell and to bring in terms of value to their consumers. And that's a whole shift in terms of the way you do marketing and you do business in every industry. So this is how I really kept myself fresh and running by looking at those small incumbent brands to learn from them. So talk about moving fast. You also have the entrepreneurial side. I can say this as a fellow entrepreneur, the greatest asset that you have is time and it's a ticking time bomb. Yep. So would love to hear about your entrepreneurial experiences and, and what kept you engaged in those periods. And then why did you choose to switch back to, to corporate America? Or global corporate, I shouldn't say America. Man, uh, you're so American-centric, Rachel. You run a global company, Rachel. <laughs> I know, I know. Rachel is as global as it gets. <laughs> I guess it's twofold. First of all, I always had this entrepreneurial mindset and spirit. From the start, I was an entrepreneur for several years before moving to L'Oréal and before moving to more, uh, I would say, uh, stabilized organizations. So I always had this uh, willingness to stay connected to the entrepreneurial mindset and spirit, hence being close to some startups, being close to as a business angel, also investing and ensuring that I could also pass on my knowledge and my expertise to uh, companies who might need it. So that's, I would say that's the first reason. The second reason is that when you start running a business which is connected to e-com and digital, you realize there's a whole ecosystem of companies out there which have emerged and rise in the past 10 years. And those guys are really shaping the way we build the industry. Micmac is a good one. It's a good example. When I was at L'Oréal, I remember very, very vividly the first time we went to the offices with the CMO at the time and the CDO at the time. And for me, I was probably not understanding half of what people were saying over there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but I felt something was happening, you know? Something was happening. <laughs> you say, well, this might be big. This might not be big. But I guess it's a mindset of taking risks and trying to engage your brand and convincing internally. Again, you have brands who have been built for 50 years plus. And why would they change the way they engage with consumers? Why would they start producing content which is not really brand or product related? I guess this is something which requires a whole shift of mindset. So you can do it internally. You can try to go and convince the executive committees or you can create those connections. And when you take a CEO of L'Oreal USA or a CEO of Coty, a vice president or a president of region of Danone, and you put him in front or her in front of companies, you know, like Micmac, for example, or any other company out there which is disrupting those brands, suddenly they start realizing that there's something happening. They don't understand exactly what, and they let you do it. So I feel that this is also our responsibility to ensure that we understand how the ecosystem is moving and it's moving super fast. Take risks, probably do some bets and invest in some startups. You know, I've done it at Coty, I've done it at Danone, I've done it at L'Oreal. I do it personally, but I guess it keeps me also on my feet to make sure that I understand what's happening out there. It's very rewarding because then you see things which force you to think outside of the box. Hence, this is also why I'm doing it and the reason why I will do it in the future. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Love that. Do you feel that there is a risk to not doing it? Absolutely. I would say the first reflex, and I guess the more your brand is successful and popular, the more the risk is big. Because why would I change? The first reaction is to say, well, we've been running this business for 50 years. Why should I change? Why should I start listening to small startups who uh, just create new ways of engaging with consumers or new platform or new social network? Or Because they have the impression that one platform or one system or one ecosystem chases the other. And I guess the risk of not moving is becoming obsolete. And you can see that brands that have emerged in the past 10 years, there are brands in the beauty field, with a beauty, I mean, the influencer brands, which have emerged super fast. Some of them will die. Some of them will uh, succeed, but they're taking market share. On Amazon, you have like 20,000 makeup brands, so not products, 20,000 makeup brands selling on Amazon. 30 years ago, you had like probably 15 groups, 15 brands, or maybe 50 maximum. Today, you have 20,000. So of course, the disruption is there. So by not moving, you're just making the wrong assumption, which is quite arrogant, that your brand is so strong that you don't need to change. Whereas consumers have much more power than they had before. And so they're much more able to choose the brands they want to engage with. They know the value that their purchases, their data, their behaviors have towards the brands. Hence, this balance of power between brands and consumers is kind of an offset versus we were a few few years ago. Hence why if you don't move, then of course, consumer will start shifting to the one who will valorize the most your data, your purchase, will bring the most added value and the most service to you than just a product. A product is just a product. What's around it? What's the experience I can get? What's the value I can get? What's the service I can get? These are the things which are becoming more and more important for consumers. I think what you're saying is so important because for people that just live in big brand land, you don't pay attention to the ankle biters until all of a sudden they've just completely destroyed you. So your balance really, uh, it really shows how you're thinking about things from all angles. And being at an FMCG that sells lots of different products to lots of different 
types of consumers, you got to have to have a very ambidextrous head, right? Like you're selling categories like baby food, high e-com penetration, high repeat, interesting lifetime value model. Also yogurt, which maybe has a lower e-com penetration in the traditional sense of it. Very different go-to-market strategy. And has had a tremendous proliferation of competitors in the space on a country by country basis, on a subcategory basis. How do you how do you balance and prioritize all of that? I'm reputing the consumer at the center because at the end of the day, they're going to choose the way they want to engage with brands. It's true that we operate in some categories which are more commodities. If you take our dairy products or if you take waters, you can say, okay, it's a commodity. Now, this is where the brand kicks in. If you take a brand like Evian, for example, it's a very premium and popular brand. So here you can start engaging in a different way with your consumers and go beyond the brand. I'm linking back to what I was saying earlier on. What is the service and the added value or the experience that you can bring to your consumer? If you go beyond just our products, our dairy products, our water products, or our baby products, they integrate a routine of food and beverage and health habits that you need to have. This is what we want to bring to the consumers. How can you help a consumer understand what kind of food he should eat to have the right level of calories, to have the right level of healthy products that he eats during a day for him and his whole family? So we go way beyond the brands. This is the way we approach it towards our consumers. Hence, the reason why we don't only think about it from an e-commerce point of view. It's more an omni-channel point of view. You could buy your water at the convenience store down the road. You could order your baby food online and get it delivered in 10 minutes by a quick commerce player. So we tend to think about it in a holistic way. How can I build throughout the day something where we bring this service and this value to the consumer to help them navigate in how they build their health and food habits during a specific day for them and for their whole family. This is the mission of Danone, bringing health through food to as many people as possible. So it's not necessarily only brand-centric. It's really a very, very consumer-centric mission. That mission resonates globally. Yeah, I, I think any person would want to be a part of that type of mission. What's so hard, and you know this firsthand, operating across these different markets is is figuring out what can be standardized and what actually has to exist at a local level. How do you think about that, balancing global and local in your role? Yeah, when you take a company like Danone, most of our portfolio is local brands. So I guess there is a strong local activation and connections that we need to have with our consumers, which means that the role of local is going to be super important. Now, what can be standardized in terms of a global approach is the way we approach our interactions with our consumers. If I take again the example of some of our products, if you start engaging with a consumer through one of your brands, and for example, you decide to develop a website selling your own products, you limit yourself to the interaction that you will have with your consumers. Just because, again, some of our brands are more seen as a commodity. It's a yogurt. It's water. Okay, baby food, maybe it's a bit more engaging. If you start shifting the way you engage with your consumers saying, well, why don't we start engaging with them saying, okay, I want to be the preferred partner for the first thousand days of your young mother. And you start selling not only products, you start giving advice, 
you start engaging with the community, you start sharing tips, you probably engage with some professionals that could be interested in uh, having, giving advice to those young mothers. And eventually you start selling products, but not only Danone products. I mean, why would we sell only our baby food? You could start selling diapers, you could start selling strollers, you know, any kind of products. The reason why I'm saying that is that this is global. We could, and we are working on that, developing platforms that not only sell products, but really try to bring value to a consumer depending on their profile. So young mothers is one, you know, healthy aging could be another good example. I'm 48. Well, I might start thinking about how do I want to age gracefully? Whoa, 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 whoa. Your, your skin looks great. It's not only about what I eat. Back it up. I'm 48 also. I'm not thinking like that. Stop it. <laughs> Bad example. I'm 48 going on 22. So let, <laughs> let's say healthy nutrition because I'm uh, I'm high on sports. So, you know, what are the right habits I want to have? So there we go. Marketing, Antoine, marketing. Partnerships with brands like Nike and Avion. So how do you bridge together the brands for the benefit of the consumer based on their consumer interests? And not only on the category based, because I don't only buy water. I don't only buy yogurt. I buy, you know, things which make sense within my routine, within the persona, who I am. And this is something which is relevant, whatever the country. So maybe there are some countries which might be more interested in certain verticals or certain types of categories or consumer interests than others. But I guess this is the kind of consistent approach that we have, whatever the market. And then, of course, we have our local brands, which need to uh, be activated depending on the consumer demand. And from just a metric KPI standpoint, how do you think about consistency? Well, I guess this is an important one from a consistent point of view, because, of course, at the end of the day, we're here to sell products and to make a business run. So we need to be consistent in the way we measure our performance. What has changed from what, how we were running business before is the type of KPIs we're looking at. I would say a few years ago, we were looking at net sales and bottom line, profits, like a simple PL and probably some ANP investments. Today, we're going to start looking at different KPIs, like earned media value, how our consumers are talking about our brands, how are they engaging, numbers of views, number of interactions on all the social medias ratings and reviews, you know, social listening. Those are the kind of things which allow us to have more qualitative KPIs, which gives us also an idea on how our brand is perceived. So it's not only a measure of performance, but the perception and the way our brand is perceived by our consumers is also a good indicator on how those business KPI will evolve in the future. You can have a very strong business, but imagine your earned media value is down, meaning that you only have a business because you put media. Or the engagement that consumers, the organic engagement that consumers will have with your brand is going down. Or I don't know, if you start doing some social listening, what people are saying about your brand is not positive. This will have a midterm and long-term effect on your brand and affect your business. Hence, it's important to start correcting and having actions immediately or else six months or 18 months down the road, you will see your business shrinking. We have now the ability and the capacity to integrate those KPIs within our dashboards, and which is our performance measure. And this is something which is very different. It creates more complexity, but it needs to be done in a very consistent manner to make sure that we have the right triggers 
and we have the, the right alerts in place when something happens in order to react very quickly. I would love to spend the rest of the time picking your brain about your tech stack to make that happen. But sadly, <laughs> we have to ask you our last question, which is what's the bravest thing that you've ever done? Two things. The first thing is uh, jump in the unknown uh, nearly 10 years ago into digital and e-com. I was, uh, you know, on a career path, which is more marketing and, uh, 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 and general management driven. And at some point, uh, I heard about this digital transformation thing. I was not necessarily the expert in the room. And I say, well, uh, you know, uh, do I really want to stay in my comfort zone for the next 20 years or should I jump and try it? And to be honest, I probably hesitated a few minutes before saying, okay, let's go. I felt it was brave. I was probably inspired by another person who was a, the chief digital officer of L'Oréal, Lubomir Rocher at the time, who was extremely brave and told me, come on, let's, let's do that together as a very entrepreneurial move. So I would say that that's probably a, a very bold move that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very happy I, I've done, of course. And that's something that uh, has changed not only the way I do business, but the way I see how bravery can really bring you a strong reward. Because I, I know that even if it would have been a failure, I would have learned so many things down the road. And my life is today much, much more exciting than uh, it would have been or at least than it, than it has been 10 years ago. From a personal side, the crazy thing I've done is that I have four kids. I think this is uh, the end of the road, four boys. I think my, my wife is crazier than I am, but I'm proud that uh, we've gone so far together to build this uh, great family. You're so calm for having four children. That's because he's at the office. <laughs> <laughs> and back from holidays, so it's okay. <laughs> ah, of course, of course. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for your thoughtfulness. Thank you. I think it's very clear, folks, if you do nothing, you could become obsolete. Yep, absolutely. Rachel, Sarah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We are honored to have had you. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to share this link with a friend. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 
Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice, meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming centre stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcast. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.